Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Gowndary, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Hope Pickerson, and I'm a health education specialist and reporter. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health education expert, that's me, talk about what you need to know about COVID-19, as well as community and public health. For more information about Noise Filter, your public health podcast, to watch and share our incredible informative animations, visit us at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. COVID cases where COVID doesn't even exist. For almost 19 months, many of us have been fighting against the spread of the coronavirus by wearing masks, social distancing, and getting vaccinated. But what do you do when the country you're in denies that coronavirus even exists? Now, according to BBC News, countries such as Turkmenistan and North Korea are a handful of countries that say that they have no coronavirus cases. However, reports suggest that Turkmenistan is experiencing its third and probably strongest wave of COVID-19 right now. A patient in Turkmenistan recounted his experiences with severe coronavirus symptoms, including the inability to breathe and pain in his chest. He had gone to get tested for the coronavirus days prior, but was told that he had pneumonia and to seek medical care immediately. Finally, after calling the clinic when his symptoms worsened, they told him he was positive for coronavirus, but they would not give the patients any paperwork stating that fact. After struggling to find a hospital that would admit him, he was eventually admitted to a hospital that was badly understaffed with just a couple of nurses looking after more than 60 people. The patient also claimed there were times when custodial staff persons administered injections. In other cases, nurses shared stories about patients collapsing and dying in front of them because there were no ventilators available or oxygen machines that actually worked. Foreign-based media are reporting on the third wave of infections, but almost everyone inside the country is afraid to speak about the coronavirus. The Turkmenistan authorities do not disclose coronavirus cases, and the country's president uses the image of a healthy nation as the face of the nation. To admit that the country is being affected by the pandemic could undermine his administration's legitimacy. Turkmenistan authorities have introduced some quarantine measures to stop the spread of the disease, but the government insists that, thanks to preventative steps, the country remains free of COVID. While in the hospital, the patient we spoke of earlier said he received a text message from the government with a health warning. The message urged people to wear face masks because of dust in the air. It's incredibly sad when a public health issue becomes so divisive that it's more socially acceptable to say that a mass primary role is to protect us from dust rather than admit that coronavirus actually exists. What is ivermectin and why are people talking about it? Why has the antiparasitic drug ivermectin become a center point in the COVID-19 treatment discussion? Most healthcare professionals agree that there is no clear evidence indicating that ivermectin is a useful treatment for COVID-19. Yet, a small, small community of physicians, commentators, and media personalities believe it is viable and extremely beneficial treatment for COVID-19. So, where is the disconnect here? First, let's get one thing straight. Ivermectin has been great since its origination in the late 1970s when used to treat parasitic infections 
in humans and in husbandry as well, but it is a human drug, let's be clear, and can actually be thanked for helping to eradicate river blindness in some developing countries. Now, the disconnect starts with some research that was published in Australia that said high quantities of ivermectin could stop COVID-19 from replicating in cell cultures. So this was benchtop research. That level from the study is 100 times the approved dosage for humans, which could have serious implications. Currently, the research around ivermectin and COVID-19 is weak, inaccurate, or poorly conducted. More reliable and structured research is being conducted to test the efficacy of ivermectin as a COVID-19 treatment. Claims of ivermectin as a miracle drug that obliterates COVID-19 and prevents transmission has taken off, although not backed by science. Even a few physicians have publicly stated its supposed efficacy as a COVID-19 treatment. So while the currently approved dosage of ivermectin for its intended purpose as an antiparasitic drug is helpful, using the approved dosage for COVID-19 is probably not harmful, but to date, there is no evidence proving that it is helpful either. So where does the danger come in? First, people overusing and overdosing an ivermectin can be dangerous and have serious health implications. Second, people who are skeptical of the COVID-19 vaccine believe they can skip out on the vaccine and just be treated with ivermectin to prevent or treat COVID-19. These people are unvaccinated and are putting themselves at great risk of contracting and transmitting COVID-19. And now with all this attention, more research is really needed to investigate what's going on with ivermectin and COVID-19, hopefully putting to rest any rumors of its ability as a miracle drug for treating COVID-19. And let me just say again, that COVID-19 is a virus Ivermectin is a drug that cures parasitic infections. It's an antiparasitic drug. It does not make sense to use an antiparasitic drug to treat a viral infection. It's like trying to put gasoline into a tricycle. It just doesn't make sense. Update on Mississippi mothers-to-be. Recently, we spoke about an increase in unvaccinated and expectant mothers in Mississippi that were dying or losing their unborn babies due to contracting the coronavirus. Now, new information has been discovered that changes that narrative. According to ABC News, there have been several reports of pregnant women being turned away from getting the shot. Dr. Michelle Owens, a maternal and fetal medicine specialist at the University of Mississippi Medical Center, said some of the patients had reported to us that they had gone to be vaccinated but were turned away from pharmacies because they were pregnant. Now, as we mentioned in the previous podcast episode, the thought was that women were being vaccine hesitant. Instead, Dr. Marty Tucker, chair of obstetrics and gynecology at the medical center, said people are kind of adverse to pregnant patients when they come in. They hesitate to give pregnant patients medications and certainly vaccinations fall into that category. Now, in light of the concerning reports, the state health officer issued a standing order for women to receive COVID-19 vaccines during pregnancy to give pharmacies some reassurance that it's okay and recommended for pregnant women to get immunized at any stage in pregnancy. Health officials and physicians are working together to reduce barriers to vaccinations for pregnant women and are trying to amplify this information so that whenever a pregnant person shows up to receive a vaccine, they are welcomed with open arms and no provider feels like they can be turned away. 
They can't come soon enough because in Mississippi, 72 patients have experienced late pregnancy loss and 15 pregnant women have succumbed to the virus. More than half of them have died since the end of July. None of the pregnant women who died were fully vaccinated and the majority were overweight. Dr. Owens, the maternal and fetal medicine specialist in Mississippi, summed it up perfectly by saying it's really the most important thing to give pregnant women an opportunity to still be able to live to fight another day. And it's imperative that women know that the COVID-19 vaccine is safe, approved and recommended and that it makes a big difference in whether or not a patient has severe disease or potentially could die. Thanks for listening to Noise Filter, your public health podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Noise Filter podcast and to follow us on social media. And you can find me at the Dr. Derry. That's D-R-D-E-R-Y. You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter NOLA on Twitter. And to see and share our amazing animations and find out more information about us in the show, go to noisefiltershow.com. Just as a reminder, COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus do share the same risk factors, and you can learn more at www.scaetc.org. Hope, any last words? Stay well out there, folks, and continue taking the steps to keep yourself and loved ones healthy. That includes exercise, a good diet, and seeing your healthcare provider regularly. And protect yourselves and others by getting the COVID-19 vaccine, wearing a mask, and social distancing wherever possible. As an infectious diseases doctor, I also want to share with healthcare providers in our audience that the HIV Care Tools app was recently launched by the AETC and is a fantastic tool for ensuring your patients have the best standard of care. I encourage you to check it out. And remember, health is a human right.